uh, I'm supposed to be up here today. And uh, I thank him. And it, it's kind of ironic that he, that he would reaffirm I was to be up here because just about everything that's happened in the service this morning is what I was going to speak about. <laughs> so it's gonna, you're just going to kind of get a rehash of the morning service, you know. Um, thank Judy for giving her testimony this morning. Amen. Power in the healing. And then I thank Leroy then for standing up and, and speaking the word to her, the prophetic. That's what we're called to do. Amen. Um, and then Pastor Mark, he gets up and he's giving a recap of the whole, of the whole harvest time. And, and I had planned on doing that. Uh, and then he had all these good words to say about me. I feel like I just need to pray and we go home. That way y'all don't change any of your minds. You know? But uh, it's, it's been good. Harvest time has been so, so good. Amen? I think it's been our most powerful harvest time that we've ever had. And before we go any farther, let's just let's pray. Father, I just, I just thank you and praise you, Lord, for this day. And thank you. For your son Jesus. Lord my prayer today is that. Nobody hears my voice today. But they hear your voice. Let this be all about you. For your glory. For your honor. Lord I just ask. No, I don't ask, Lord, because it's already here. Your presence is here in a mighty and powerful way. And I thank you, and I praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, now, I said, I think this has been our most powerful harvest time. And this last week, it's... Uh, being down in my shop, and I haven't had anybody really bother me, so what I've been doing is I've been listening to each message every day. I've listened to them all five times at least this, this last week. And each time I listen to them, I hear something different. You know, God speaks something different every time. And uh, what Harvest Time is really... Uh, Stirred in me is a desire to fan the flame. It's made, it's made me realize that I let my flame uh, just almost burn out. Colossians 1.13 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. He has delivered us with power. Power is going to be kind of a central theme, even though the title of my message is only believed, but power. He delivered us with power and conveyed us into the kingdom with love. And I, PM has already talked about this morning, about the message that, that uh, I'll keep on to say Pastor Mark, but I know if I say that, they're going to think I'm talking about this guy. So I've been, I've been trying to come up with something, and I don't know why this crossed my mind. What, what number were you in baseball? Seven. seven? Did, and did, did they refer to you as seven at times? Okay. 
So from this day forward, you'll be P7. <laughs> Pastor Seven, amen? Seven's a great number. P7, he talked about it, love. The greatest of these is love. Everything we do is to be done with love, amen? And how... First John 4.19, we love him because he first loved us. It was the perfect way to start off harvest time, amen, with love. And then we get to PM, it's day, and uh, this was a scripture that come to mind as uh, I listened to Mark's message and it was, it's, it was, based off of his testimony about his time of going to Pastor Ezra's church and just the worship that uh, he encountered. And it's Psalm 100, verse 4. It says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his holy name. <clears throat> so I've got a question for you. How did you enter this morning? I, uh, several weeks ago, I swiped a, a book out of Pastor Mark's office. Um, and it's titled, The Man Who Walked with God. And it's about the life of Smith Wigglesworth. And, uh, you know, Pastor Mark, he's talked about him quite a bit. And about his ministry and just the power and the authority that was on this man. And uh, he told the story in this book. Uh, the guy who wrote the book told this story. That, that he was up preaching one day. And in, in, the middle, in the middle of his sermon, he stops and he looks at the congregation. And, said, and he asked, how did you enter today? How did you enter into this building and he said, I want everybody to raise your hand that entered into this building with upraised arms, praising God. And uh, nobody raised their hand. So he stopped the sermon right there and told everybody to get up and made everybody leave the building. And I have a feeling, being this guy and the power of his ministry, there was a lot of people. But he made them all get up and leave and re-enter the building with Arms raised, thanksgiving in the heart, and praise on their lips. We are to, we are to constantly worship God. Amen? And I believe that with our worship, that it will restore our roar faster than anything else. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 3 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your inequities, who heals all your diseases. That's the benefits package. Just have worship in our heart. Praise on our lips. We bless the Lord. And when we do that, 
God is able to move in our life at a much freer, in a much freer way than when we're just all bottled up and knotted up and tied up. And the, the enemy has us grounded. But if we'll stay in that constant state of worship, then God can move freely within us. Amen? Now, I can't give a message unless I use my, my scripture, my favorite scripture. So I had to, I had to work this in. And it's Joshua 1.9. And he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I mean, God spoke to me that years ago. That it's a command. He gave me a command that I'm to be strong and of good courage. And he's given you the same command. He made you strong and courageous. We're not to, not to fear nothing but fear God. And I'm not talking about cowering down in fear. I'm talking a healthy reverence, fear of God. Uh, and then we came to Pastor Scott. I come, I come to this and... And I, I just remember, you know, he started in with, with hopelessness. And I'm back there, sitting there in the, back there in the corner where Betty is. She asked me last night if she needed to sit up front. And I told her, you just sit wherever you feel comfortable. And she said, good, I'll stay back there then. So. But uh, I was standing back there thinking as he's talking about hopelessness. And I'm thinking, yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think this is going to help me in my roar whatsoever. I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. But uh, the more I listened to him, I, I began to realize that I was, I, I was dealing with some of that hopelessness through a situation that I just, I hadn't, I have had and have no desire to be in. But, but I'm there and, uh, Trying to help someone, and uh, and I believe that God is right there with me. Not, I'm not to be hopeless in the situation. That the power of God can can move and turn this situation around in a blink of an eye. You know, the the, the Bible asks, can a can a nation be born in a day? And all we have to look is the nation of Israel its rebirth in what 1947 somewhere in in there but it happened in a day things can happen in a day but as it continued uh, I began to be encouraged from just the passion and the fire do you remember if you were here do you remember the passion and fire that that Pastor Scott had that day. I mean, it was it was deep within him, and he spoke with it, and it just it just oozed out and come out just everywhere. Just this passion and fire that he preached with, and and uh, what encouraged me just uh, um, I, I've told you, you know, I just felt my flame was about to go out. 
But what, what really encouraged me that day was, the, was at the end. Do you remember the exercise that he had us do? Were you, were you here when, on that, at that time? You know, he, he, uh, him and his wife uh, got up here and they had us an exercise where they had us pair up. And then they, they uh, told us in the, using the parameters of David and Goliath to pray and ask God to give you a word for that person. And he didn't want you to be with your spouse or with your best bud or your best girlfriend or whatever. He just get something. And I was standing back there and I was just, I really wasn't even going to participate, to tell you the truth. I was going to let everybody else pair up and I would just partake. Um, uh, but Lindsay, she had to go back there and and make me enter into it, which I'm thankful. Amen. Um, but I really, you know, I just, I just didn't know if I would be able to do this, if I would be able to get a word for her. And this is the amazing thing about God, even when you don't feel close to him. If you've got just a little bit of a flicker, he is willing and able to use you and speak through you. Amen. So I just... As they were up here talking, I just kind of started praying in my spirit. And uh, as soon as he gave us the parameters of what he wanted us to do, he just, boom. He just, he dropped a word in, in my heart for, for Lindsay. And I'll tell you what a little bit of it was. These, these were the first words he spoke to me about her was that she's a polished stone. You know, a polished stone that's, that you pick up out of a brook, you know, it's been smoothed over by the rushing of the water. The rushing of the living waters, maybe. But it, just, it was just really encouraging. I needed that. I needed that. And God showed, again, God showed me that He is always ready to use me if I will just make myself available and willing. Are you ready? Are you available? We're to be ready in season and out of season. Second Timothy 4.2 tells us we're to preach the word, to be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. There was another uh, amazing story in this book that I'm reading about Smith Wigglesworth. And um, a lady recited it to the guy who wrote the book. Um, and I forget what year it was, but it was in the early 1900s. They were holding a meeting and they were on the second to last night. And they were just, after they had wrapped it up, Smith Wigglesworth came to her and he said, Tomorrow, I'm just going to preach. He said, I want you to get all the hymns and all the scriptures and do everything during the service. And at the end, I will get up and preach. So she done this. She said, I, That night, she stud, I studied hard and, and prayed. And because this is a mighty man of God, she said, And I didn't want to uh, disappoint him. I think. I think at the time she was 23, and he was like 
Well, actually, it had been later than the early 1900s because I think he was 74 at the time. And it was in the late 40s, I think, that he passed away at 87. So, anyway, um, they get there for the service that morning. And Smith Wigglesworth gets up and says, um, let's do a hymn. So he led everybody in a hymn. And then he said, uh, let's pray. So then they prayed. And then he said, let's do another song. So they did another song. And she said, I'm sitting back there thinking, you know, he's forgot that I was going to do all this, that he asked me to do all this. But she said, I wasn't going to tell him or do anything. You just let him handle it. And go forward. And anyway, so we got up and they prayed some more and they done another hymn and this went on for I don't know a couple few more times. And finally, she said during the last song, he walked up to her and said, "You've got to preach." <laughs> and she said, "Fear just gripped me." She said, "I don't know what I preached about." She said it was just a blur. I've been there. I've done that myself. But uh, afterwards, she asked him, and uh, basically what he said, he said, I'm going to iron you out. And she said, what do you mean by that? And she said, he said, uh, you always have to be ready. You've always got to be ready. He said, anywhere I go, people are asked, ask me, Brother Wigglesworth, do you have a word for me? And he said, yes, I've got a word for you. Because a, a child of God should always have a word ready to be delivered. Amen? And then we come to the last Sunday, last week, and uh, have Pastor Terry. And I've never heard Pastor, Pastor Terry before, but he brought a word. And boy, howdy, did he deliver. Um, a word that was brought with power and authority. And it got me to thinking that with the power and authority that he spoke with, the fire and passion that we heard from Pastor Scott, Mark always talks about uh, P7, P7 here, always talks about his gift of gab. He's got it. I need some of it. But I, 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 love, I love P7 that you can give him a topic and he can just go. Amen. And, and I, I'm, I'm serious, man. I'm, I need some of that. I'm, I've been praying this week that Lord give me a portion of, of what Mark Ward's got, you know, in, in that area. Uh, and then we have... PM, who got the gift of the cool radio voice. And if you were here last Sunday, you'll, you can understand that. Um, I've prayed that God would give me a cool radio voice this morning. But I don't know if it's happening or not. Uh, uh, but I was like, Lord, uh, with all this, I mean, what's, 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 it, what's left for me? What's left for me in this deal? And I... Uh, I know, beyond almost a shadow of a doubt, with almost certainty, 
with about, oh, I'm, I'm going to say like 10 to 12% certainty that God spoke this word to me. And he said, I guess you'll just have to be the ruddy, good-looking one. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, come on. Come on. And I mean, how fitting is that? Because Pastor Terry's message was on David. David and Goliath. And here you have uh, David. He's full of power, boldness, and confidence. And he reaches into his bag and he pulls out that polished stone. A stone that he had picked from the brook. This stone that had been polished with the rushing of the living waters. Amen. And David, he rushed towards the giant because he knew his God was with him. And he placed that stone in his sling and he raced forward and he slung that stone, that polished stone. And a polished stone will always fly straight and true. It hit its mark, killing the giant. You have that same power and authority. To slay the giant. We need love. We need love in our hearts. Amen. We need to worship God. We need to have the passion and fire. And to walk with the power and authority that God has given us. Luke 9, 1 says, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. We have that. Here's what I want everyone in here to understand today is that we have the same power and authority that King David had. 1 Samuel 16, 13 says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Now, I know I've read that before, but you know, when you think about the Old Testament, we think about the Lord giving out the Spirit for a season, that it never remaining, like when it was given out at Pentecost. But here it says, it tells us that the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. He was walking in the Spirit. And I tell you, it's been on display during harvest time. Every one of these guys I've been talking about, PM, P7, Pastor Scott, Pastor Terry, has spoken with that same power and authority and an undeniable belief In the Holy Spirit. Amen. Acts 1.8 says. But you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You don't have to wait for it. The moment the Holy Spirit. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. That power came upon you. There's not a 30 or 60 day waiting period. You don't have to grow in Christ anymore. 
when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. You have the power the moment it comes upon you. I'm going to read this one from my Bible, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, because I got tired of typing. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 11 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now you say, well, that's saying I get one of those things. Well, one of those things may be your dominant power, your dominant, what the Spirit works through you dom- predominantly, dominantly. But Pastor Scott proved it when he had to say, every one of us stand up and prophesy. That's, that's what you were doing. Every one of you prophesied that day when he had us pair up. Mark 3.14 says that he appointed the twelve with power. Here's that word again. Power. Power to heal the sick and cast out demons. Acts 6.8. And Stephen. Everybody remember Stephen. Pastor Mark preached about him. He's full of faith and power. And he did great wonders and signs among the people. That was a sign and a wonder what happened to Judy. In the healing of your eyesight. And it wasn't just for her benefit. It was for the body of Christ's benefit too. It was to encourage us to lift us up. Build us, build up our faith. Amen. And you have this same power. But I know there's people out there that say no. But that come, the apostles got their power from Jesus. They walked with Jesus personally, in person. Or that Stephen got his authority from the apostles. Said, I I haven't been anointed by an apostle. You don't have to be. You were anointed by the Holy Spirit. And if you don't believe that, I got you. I got you right here in Mark 9, 38 and 9. Mark 9, 38 and 9. Now John answered him, saying, Teacher, we saw someone who does, not follow us, who does not follow us casting out demons in your name. And we forbade him because he does not follow us. But Jesus said, Do not forbid him, for no one who works a miracle in my name can soon after speak evil of me. For he who is for us is not against us. That could be us. See, here's, here's the disciples are getting all woke and offended. That someone is healing the sick, casting out demons, setting the captives free in Jesus' name. And they're, they're like, 
No, you've got to stop. You can't do that. You've got to follow us. You've got to follow us. You can't go off on your own. You've got to follow us. And Jesus was like, leave them be. Here's what I think Jesus heard. This is, this is what he heard the disciples saying. Lord, some dude is over here healing the sick. They're casting out demons in your name. And you need to make him stop. Make him. Make him stop, Jesus. And here's what I think Jesus replied. I think, I think Mark, when he, he kind of cleaned up this conversation maybe a little bit, made it sort of make the disciples not look quite so bad. But here's what I think Jesus said was, Good Lord. And John replied, Yes, you are. Thank you. That came straight from God. Here's what I think, that this guy or gal probably went to a meeting and heard Jesus preach, and then he went home. This could be us. He didn't follow Jesus to his next meeting. But then later on, Jesus probably come back through town, so he went to another meeting and heard some more preaching. Probably saw a healing or two. And this probably went on for several months till one day he believed. He believed and put his belief to action. Faith without works is dead. Amen. That's what we got to do with it. We've got to use this power and authority. We've got to put it to action. We've got to put action to it. We just can't walk around with it. Hoping or praying that maybe Jesus will do a miracle through me. We're the miracle. Every one of us, when we got saved, we were, were a miracle. We were dead in our sins. Amen. We were brought to life through faith in Jesus. Only believe. That's all you got to do is believe that you had this power, this authority, that it was given to you the day you were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Mark 5, 36. Um, ooh, I'm going to have to hurry speed up. Jesus. A man come to him because his daughter was on her deathbed looking for, looking for Jesus to come and heal her. And through, if you know the story, you know, Jesus was trying to get through the crowd. There was the woman with the issue of blood trying to get through to Jesus so she could just touch the, the hem of his garment. And while, the, while all this is happening, Jesus is trying to get to this little girl. You know, and, and the woman with the blood issue is healed. Jesus feels the power go out. And right after this, people come up to the man and say, Don't trouble the teacher anymore, for your daughter has died. And Jesus 
simply said, do not be afraid. (laughs) Only believe. Believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is within you. Only believe. Another quick story from Smith Wigglesworth, but he, he got letters all the time, and he got one from a lady from the United States. And she was describing all the things that were ailing her and all her troubles. And in this, in this letter, she quoted scripture after scripture with, the, with God's promises that would heal her and set her free. And here's what he did. He sent her letter back to her, and he wrote four simple words on it. Believe your own letter. We're just to believe. Only believe. Last thing, I'll, and then I'm, I'm going to close up, and then I'm going to share a vision with you that God gave to me. But uh, Smith Wigglesworth, the guy that wrote this book I'm reading, um, the first time he's met Smith Wigglesworth was... Uh, Smith Wigglesworth was, I think, 82 years old at the time. And, uh, and a guy that, that he knew had called him and asked that if he could get Smith Wigglesworth to come and pray for his wife who was dying from stomach cancer. And so they meet this guy. This guy meets him on a train. He's going to ride with them to, his, to get off to go to their house. And while they're riding in this train, um, Smith Wigglesworth just stands up. And the guy said he didn't care where he was at. That he would pray anywhere for anyone at any time. And he said he would do it with a loud, loud voice. Because he wanted everybody to hear it. But he, but he stood up and this is what he said. He said, Jesus is up. Jesus is down. And Jesus is up. He then quoted John 3.13. And it says, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And he said, you see, Jesus is in heaven with all power. He said, I reach out the hand of faith and touch him. His power flows down through me. I then stretch out the hand of compassion and faith and touch the sick and needy. And they are healed. And they begin to praise the Lord. The life of Jesus goes back to him in worship. My brother, he says, that is the cycle of life in the Holy Spirit. He then reached out his hand and he prayed for this guy. And it was just a simple prayer. He just said, Father, put your fire on this man. And then he told him, he said, you go home and lay your hand on your wife's stomach and she'll be healed. And the guy said, I... I run into him three months later and his wife was completely healed of the cancer. And Smith Wigglesworth never did go to their house. It was just through his prayer, prayer and his anointing and his prayer for this, this gentleman. I believe we have that same power. We can do the same things. We just have to believe. We can reach out the hand of faith and touch him. We can feel the power flow through us. And we can heal. We can cast out demons. We can be powerful 
witnesses for the Lord Jesus. Amen. We only need to believe in the power we receive when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Amen. Let's, if you would, I want, I want everybody to, to bow your head. I'm going to share this vision with you that, that God showed me. And uh, and when I share this vision, anytime you hear me speak about myself, I want you to put you in that spot. I want you to, I want you to get the vision that this is you. But in this vision, God showed me there was a re- great revival going on right here at Harvest Fellowship Church. And uh, people were coming from everywhere looking for their miracle. And there came a time when God said, You, you need to pray, ask people that believe you need to ask if they believe and pray for their healing and in this vision there was a gentleman sitting right here on the front row it wasn't Ronnie but he was sitting right here by Ronnie and he was crippled he couldn't he couldn't hardly stand he couldn't hardly walk And I remember God had me ask, walk up to him and ask him, do you believe? Do you believe in Jesus? And he said, not yet. And God told me to move away from him. And over here on the other side, there was a young, a young woman who, who struggled, but she finally got the words out that she believed. And God said, go lay your hand on her and she'll be healed. She was, in this vision that I got, she was suffering from a Parkinson's disease. But she was healed in the blink of an eye. And that, and that healing, that miracle right there triggered something in this first gentleman. And he cried out, he said, I want to believe and we led him, we led him in the prayer of salvation. He believed. And we prayed for him and he received his healing. And right after that happened, over here on the left side, there was a little boy in his daddy's lap. Man, I know it was a vision, but this one gets me every time. But he cried out. He said, I believe. And the Lord had me go over there and pick this little boy up. And I want you to, in your vision, I want you to imagine this is you, you're picking him up. And they had, as we walked, I, I brought him back over here. And the Lord wanted us to set up here on the stage. I asked him his name, and his name was Isaiah. And he was six years old. And he was blind. 
And the Lord spoke to me. He said, get a book. Go get a children's book. So we found a children's book. And it was brought forward. And we, we opened that book up in front of Isaiah. And began to, the Lord said, just start telling him what you see on that page. And the colors. And just do that. Just turn the page and describe to him what's on there. And we were doing that. And all of a sudden, he reached down and he turned the page to himself and he said, Red. And the look in this little boy's face was one of astonishment and amazement. And, it, and then it turned completely to joy. And he stood up and he said, I can see everybody. And then he looked over and he saw his mom and dad. And he seen them for the first time. And the tears of joy that run down his face was a sight to behold. And at the end of that, his dad was not a believer, but he became one. Now I know in this vision, these... There weren't people that were from Harvest Fellowship, but then God, God showed me one other person. That was a member of our church. And uh, I hadn't seen her in a while, but she's here today. And I've got a word for you, Janice. God showed me in this vision said, I want you to give this word to Janice. And he said, you're a tree planted by the living waters. And he said, I planted you there so your roots would grow deep and strong. And because of the strength of your roots, your trunk would go straight and tall. And no matter which way the wind blows, you will always stand straight and tall. And he made you strong. Thank you, Jesus. I believe he's doing a healing in you right now, Janice. That's all God asks us to do is just to be willing and available. Amen to believe and walk with the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. We thank you, Lord. I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for just your presence today. I thank you and ask that you would bless each and every person here. Watch over them and protect them as they go out and share your word this week. We love you, we praise you, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you. Give Dusty a big hand clap. <laughs> I just don't know about the ruddy, good-looking one. <laughs> now that was powerful. And uh, what a great way to end. Only believe. And guys, I just want to give a challenge to all of us.
Uh, every one of you are going to have an opportunity to just believe this week with somebody else, to pray for them, and I want you to step out by faith and do it, whatever he tells you to do, okay? And uh, I had a situation happen last week where I was, had met with an elderly gentleman about listing his house, and while we were talking, he began to tell me about how much he missed his wife because she had passed away several years ago. And I just felt the Lord saying, you need to pray with this man before you leave. And so we just, I said, sir, can I pray with you? He said, absolutely. And we just, I just had a, just a simple little prayer of just praying peace and comfort over him. So be led of the Holy Spirit. It's where you can just pray for somebody or share a word with somebody. Um, we've got to fan the flame. Believe. Only believe, okay? And then let God do the rest. Don't try to be Holy Spirit Jr., just believe and let the Holy Spirit do His work through you. And everybody said, Amen. I want everybody to stand up. I'm going to speak a blessing over you. And uh, this is out of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you His peace. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Have a blessed week. Only believe. And for those of you, I think the school deal is happening right now, the, the meal, and then 